This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen, amen. This is the fifth week in our series, and we're talking about serving, and why should we serve, and these last few weeks is part two, why serve in the local church, the fifth week, and I'm just going to quickly, for the sake of time, go through some of the things, high points we've touched on each week, and I've said this, that a good measure of our spiritual health is our depth and concern for other people. And we elaborated on that through the weeks. And we talked about how we want our lives to matter and, and, and you know, we want to make a difference. And, and, you know, so we pursue wealth, we pursue influence, we pursue gain. And, and there's nothing wrong with those, th- those things alone. But we'll, those things, let me say it this way, those things alone will not make a difference and change the world for the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> and it's not what we were made for. That doesn't mean that we're not supposed to pursue, and as Angie prophesied, millionaires, amen, <clears throat> in, in the church. And, and when I say that, we all smile and think, oh, great, millionaires. But there's a huge responsibility that comes with influence. You have a higher responsibility to God to say, you know what, what did you do? Did you just store it up? And we're going to talk about that in a moment, about when we, to be the church and serve the local church. So, and I've said this each week that I, I don't understand this verse totally. I know when I die, I will. But at this point, I don't. But it talks about that the center of God's purposes is what I gather from Scripture <clears throat> is his local church. And I'm not saying that just because of the pastor, because I actually really felt a call to be an evangelist and be a traveling evangelist and not a pastor because my dad was a pastor. And that's the last thing I wanted to be is pastor. <clears throat> well, here I am. And... <clears throat> And so, this, but, the, but I've always was connected to a local church. Wherever, if I was stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, I found a local church. Uh, whether I was in Texas when we were hired and, and worked for, we got thrust into the Muslim community and dry cleaning, and we found a local church. And <clears throat> coming out here, just working for my father-in-law in the construction industry, <clears throat> we found a local church. And every time I made that decision, or we made the decision as a couple, God has honored and blessed that. And he has carried us on into his purposes. How many want to be stuck the rest of your life? Do you, hear, do you, you just want to be stuck. You know what I mean by stuck? We're going to talk about that in a moment, that people get stuck in circumstances, situation, and you go, yep, you didn't go past 23 years old. You're stuck at 23. And you meet them, you talk, but they are at a level that they are stuck. 28, you know, you're you're still stuck. You're acting like an eight-year-old, you know, and and God wants us to break through. Can I get an amen? So, So Paul followed this section with the prayer in Ephesians, and he asked for God's help to understand that great mystery. And I've said this, that we're, we, are, we are all made, somebody shout all made, <clears throat> to build God's church. He talks about ministers and their role, their purpose is to prepare God's people to serve and to build up, to serve and build up the body of Christ. That doesn't mean that I am supposed to do everything on my wife and I. I think I have royally failed. You know, some pastors, their phone rings off the hook. They love that. They want everyone to contact them. They want everyone to call. I mean, they, literally. I heard one pastor goes, yeah, I get 200 phone calls a day. 
I'd be crazy if I got that many phone calls a day. Some of you go, that's my work. Well, you know what? But, but we filter it to people to where other people can carry the load. Someone will say, hey, can I call this person and pray for this person? Yeah, absolutely. We, we spread that out. That's doing the work of the ministry. I feel I would fail if it's all about me. Make me feel good. Right? My phone rings. I can't stand. When my phone rings, especially at night, it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. <clears throat> so we were all made to build God's church. And so every week at Harvest, we are given the opportunity to practice putting our attention less on ourselves and more on other people. Can you say amen? amen. And so we touched on this last week. Could just read through it quickly and we get on. I have two more points after this. Why should we serve? Well, we said this, that we have all have at least one gift, spiritual gift. Some We have more uh, and many gifts, but that we are to employ them within the context of our local church for the purpose of edification, exhortation, for comfort. And we touched on the second point, that we are responsible before the Lord to obey all the, I found 59, there may be more, one another commands in Scripture. And here's the thing, you can't fulfill at least most of them. I mean, you can love one another, but how can you love one another if you're all by yourself? Who's the other? Who's the one another? You know, you can't do those things outside the context of the local church. How am I with me? Say amen. Or oh me. And so I was thinking about that, you know, about the scripture says, don't forsake the assembly. That's a one another thing. It, talk, it talks about the corporate expression of water baptism. How can you be water baptized alone? Some of you think, oh, I know how to do it. I pray and in the name of, and you just dunk yourself. Up. Come on. Come on. I mean, listen, I've baptized people in hot tubs. I've baptized them in pools, at hotels. I've been in, you know, well, cow tanks I've baptized, you know, uh, cold. I mean, it doesn't matter, but, but it's a group, it's a corporate setting, and there's a rejoicing. And some of the most powerful services we've had, water baptism, or actually we have one here in September. So uh, you think about that. Oh, I never been water baptized. You want to be, we're going to do that again and then have a picnic after that. How's that sound? Yes, I mean, you just woke up. <clears throat> so so the, 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 the answer is simple. You, 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 we need one another. We need one another. All right, let's continue quickly. Why should we serve? By serving your local church, you store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven. Matthew 6 talks about this. Uh, Jesus made a profound statement in Matthew 6, 19 to 21. He says, do not, watch this now, store up for yourselves treasures on earth. I'm going to say la. I'm going to pause and think about that. You ready? Let me say it again. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth. But we still do, don't we? We just, we just keep storing it up. I mean, if you make more money, praise God. I got an increase. Go out and buy more stuff. Are you all awake here this morning? I, now, I'm not against stuff. I like stuff. I mean, especially when it comes to guys and his tools. Guys, come on. Come on, guys, you should have shouted amen, all you tool guys, you know, because tools help. I think Ronnie was helping me, God bless her, yesterday on this eternal car I've been fixing, my son's car. <clears throat> There's a lesson, some sermon that's going to come out of it, but she goes, man, you could do brain surgery in this garage. I went, yes, I could, but I don't know how cleansed it would be, but with all the tools that I have. But, but the point is this about storing up treasures for yourselves on earth where moth and rust destroy. We're thieves breaking in steel. But he goes on to say, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven. How do we do that, Pastor? How, how, how can we do that? Where it says, neither moth nor rust destroy. And where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We've heard this before. We know that has to talk about materialism. 
Here's the main point of the text. It is to warn, watch this, to warn people of the folly of working, watch this, to accumulate worldly and temporary possessions, treasures on earth. Is that the whole purpose of your existence? To get more, put more in the can and sit on the can? That's, that's the mindset of the world. That's the mindset of the world. <clears throat> Dedicating. Rather than dedicating our time and our resources for the, the betterance of furthering God's kingdom. and Because it goes on to say again, where your treasure is, that is where your heart is. And so you, this is a verse that's a locating verse. It locates, okay, where is my heart? My heart is, you know, so, so I'm going to share an illustration here that's going to locate. Amen. I don't mean this mean or ugly, but this thought came to me. And my wife and I were talking. I thought, oh, it sounds fun at first, but it's really not. It's sobering. You ready? Are you ready for this? Will you still love me after I share it? Yeah. Oh, that was pretty weak. Come and say that again. Will you still love me after I share this? Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to share it. How many have ever did the dine and dash thing? Isn't that fun? You, you, you know what I'm talking about. You go to a restaurant, and then they serve you and everything like that. And then, and what do you do? You go, hey, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And, you know, you pretend, whatever, and you leave, and you don't pay the bill. Why aren't you all laughing? Isn't that fun? I've never done that. Why? That's wrong. Come on, shout. Say, that's wrong, pastor. Do you still love me? Why is it that some Christians attend church and they comment that they love the preaching, they love the teaching, the fellowship and the worship, and they don't give? Dining and dashing. At least tip. Preach, Pastor Mike. I believe I will. Amen. I'm going to move on. <laughs> you still love me? Randy Alcon, he says that selfishness is when we pursue gain at the expense of others. But God doesn't have a limited number of treasures to distribute. When you store up treasures for yourselves in heaven, it doesn't reduce the treasure available to others. In fact, it is by serving God and others that we store up heavenly treasures. Everyone gains and no one loses. That's the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? So Jesus, he gets to the heart of the matter, and he says this, really, in essence, he says, what we seek to amass in this life is clear. It is a clear indication of where our heart is, because why? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is at. And so in our culture, it's easy to be, we can be preoccupied with retirement nests and savings accounts and <clears throat> careers and goals. And I'm not saying these things in and of themselves are wrong. There, it's prudent. It's prudent to think about the future and, and, and investments. And it's, it's prudent. How many see that? Say amen. <clears throat> but these things alone, <clears throat> if we do these things in moderation, that's not wrong. But if you're thinking about these things more than serving God, and serving his purpose, can I get an amen, in the local church, <clears throat> and you're living for next year's vacation, or you know, next month, or maybe next week, so, then it's possible, it's possible that our heart may be in the wrong place. Amen, Pastor Mike. So, so 
<clears throat> thinking about that and where our treasure is, is our heart. Where our treasure is our heart. So number four, we need to think of our local church as a priority life. I said that earlier as I started sharing is about having things that, that are proper. John Maxwell wrote a book about the, the, daily, the daily dozen things that he does if you do these things. Why? Because the secret of your future is locked up in your daily routine. Isn't that right? I mean, that's one of the quotes he says. So what you do day in and day out, things are not going to change if you don't implement the change. Amen? And so what you, your future what, what, you know, is, is locked up on what you do. And, and unless you set yourself on a healthy diet and eating healthy, that's going to affect you in your 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's just a fact. You know, if you destroy your body, and it's going gonna, it's gonna, to... So, so he talks about that on having daily things that we do. And, and, and one of the most important things is having priorities in life. Keeping our spiritual growth on a growth track. Growing ourselves spiritually connected to believers. Can I get an amen? So think of your local church as a priority in life. Galatians, Galatians 6.10, great verse says, So then... Watch this. As we have opportunity, let us do good. Somebody shout, do good. To everyone. And especially, that's the word I want to get at, to those who are of the household of faith. What does that mean? I'm getting into something here, and I just want you to hear my heart uh, as a pastor. The household of faith is, is your local church. That's the body of believers. That's what the household of God. But this word especially... So it says that when you have opportunity, when it's times you want to give to a certain situation or a, 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 something that tugs on your heart, it says, do good to, to everyone. But then he prefaces this. Especially, that word in the Greek is malista. It, it means this in its core, very. Most of all, very much is what it means. And one commentator says this, preferring Christians before others, those that belong to the local church. Now, this, our culture is real big on serving and helping others and, you know, trying to find, save the elephants, save the whales, drag them back into the ocean. I'm not against all that, okay? The spotted owls and all of those things. I mean, we, you know, oil spills and clean it up. We are be good stewards of our environment. Hear me, all right, my heart. But uh, when it comes to people, Christians and, and those in need, we can't be just looking outside. We got to be also looking in. That's what this verse is about. All right. So we want to have a, a proper perspective. So it says to prefer Christians, those of the household of faith, to prefer Christians before others, that those that belong actually it speaks to into the local church. So considering the historical context of Galatians written to a group of local churches, Paul doesn't intend believers to be primarily committed to, to other, he's really saying other Christian groups or, you know what, there are parachurch ministries and many of them are good or organizations, Christian schools and colleges and I'm not trying to be mean-spirited or, or self-serving, but, but, but too many Christians think that they're doing good by serving God in, in a faith-based organization, let me preface it, while being totally detached from their local church. That's the interjection. So they take everything, leave, our, leave their local church and you know, throw oil up on this parachurch you know, thing in the community, and, and, and they've, their local church is suffering. And I don't, I just, I, I don't believe that that's God's will. I just don't believe that that's God. I believe it's, it's important to support those things, but we are to support our local church. Once again, I'm not trying to be self-serving in this. I know as a pastor, I'm sharing it, and, you know, when I pastor this church, but I'm just saying this in general. This community needs to hear this word. 
This community needs to hear this word. We have parachurch things popping up everywhere. You know, everyone wants to serve someone here. And that's great. I just think of, I want to go to a community where there isn't any. You know, I just thought, I told my wife, he said, if I was broke, I didn't have a car, I didn't have a house to stay in, I just moved to Alexandria. Somebody will throw money at me to help me, get me a car, get me in a place. And that's the testament of, 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 of the generosity of this community. Please hear me. Please know my heart in this. But to solely be detached from the local church, I, don't, I, I just don't believe that's the heart of God. Why? Because we need the local church to be faithful and obedient disciples of Christ. Somebody say amen. So when we divorce ourselves from a biblical local church, I mean, the Bible talks about how we come under a covering and a protection. Who's going to protect us? First Timothy 1.9 says, he must be devoted, Paul's saying, to uh, Titus, excuse me, to the trustworthy message we teach. Then he can use these words, accurate teachings, to encourage people and correct those who pose the word of God. Then he goes on to say, there are many believers, especially converts from Judaism, who are rebellious. They speak nonsense. They deceive people. And it says they must be silenced. This is all in the Bible because they are ruining whole families. Interesting. Ruining whole families by teaching what they shouldn't teach. This is shameful, and it's a shameful way to make money. Divorce from a biblical local church. Bible talks about who's going to feed you, who's going to shepherd you. First Peter 5, 2 says, shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you. Bible talks about that, admonishes Peter's sharing. Exercise oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God and not motiv motivated, excuse me, for shameful gain, but with a wholehearted enthusiasm. Some, somebody say amen. And so, so once again, the household of faith in Galatians 6.10, that is our local church, family, local church. And, and we are to be a part of that and we are to support that. In Galatians 6.10, it indicates that God's children, hear me, need to do their best to make the spiritual family a priority. You know, in the past, we started the church, we, uh, as we grew and, and, and we moved from place to place, we, we would, you know, people would come through the door and knock, say, I need help with my rent. You know, we would help them. You said, wow, amen, Pastor Mike. And then people would come in, you know, I got, I got the gas, it's $5 a gallon. We, we, we'd help, you know, give them that. The, a lot of these people weren't even part of the church. They, they, were, they were outsiders, just come. So we are part now, a little bit wiser. <laughs> we don't just throw money out for that. We filter it. There's a, uh, uh, the, the AAMA has set up a, a fund. It's called Traveler's Aid. And if someone is passing through whatever and they got a broke down car or the tire's flat, they need a night to stay, we support it and it's at the police department. And so how many of you know that they got to go to the police department to try to con the cops other than me? Amen? I mean, because I, I, I get phone calls. We get them at least once a week, sometimes two or three times a week. And it's like, I need gas. You know, my sister, she's in St. Cloud, and I don't have gas to get there. And, you know, Rhonda, one time, she just helped in a situation, and we just were generous, life-giving, and... And she found the person in Walmart filling up, you know, all beer and alcohol in their carriage with the card we got. So, hallelujah, moving right along, we use a little bit more wisdom in that. We are to help those in the church. Amen? There's a need. It doesn't mean we don't help those that are outside. How many still love me? Say amen. amen. Said you would. All right. Almost done here. <laughs> Mother Teresa, she talks about uh, prayer in action and, and his love, and love in action is service. Try to give unconditionally whatever a person needs in the moment. The point is to do something in, in context of what we're sharing here. However small, show you care through your actions by giving your time. We are all God's children. It's important to share. 
It is important to share his gifts. Do not worry about why problems exist in the world. Just respond to people's needs. We feel that we are doing is just a drop in the ocean, but that ocean would be less without that drop. Amen? Amen. Well, stand with me if you would, please. Now, let me just kind of conclude with this. <clears throat> if the local church is the ministry center of God's purpose for our lives here on earth, and it's, if, if it is where we discover and use our gifts and be the church to the world, don't you think Satan is going to attack Christians in this area? Okay? He's going to attack them in offenses. He's going to attack them in, in hurts where we are shipwrecked. Uh, there's backsliding. Uh, he's going to trap them, get them stuck. You know, Jesus said, offenses must come, but woe to those who succumb to those offenses. Colossians 2.13 says, when you were stuck in your old sin and dead life. So we can, as believers, at times, there's seasons that we, we know in the world we're stuck, but we can become stuck. We can be stuck and we need to be unlodged. Someone once said that a rut is like a coffin with both ends knocked out. Sometimes we get in a rut and, 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 and we, we need help getting out. And it's an awful place. Those ruts are where the enemy uses his strongholds in our life and we get stuck. We don't move past that. And we can still be the same person, but inside we are stuck. We are stuck. And I began to think about that and I think, What's an illustration of that? And something kind of funny came to, because back, back in 1995, I saw this movie with Robin Williams uh, on Jumanji. Have you ever seen Jumanji? And it's a game, and you know, at first it's, it turns comical, but at first it's kind of a little bit scary. And, and in 1995, <clears throat> Jumanji was a fantasy uh, adventure film. Robin Williams was a star. And then in 2017, Dwayne Johnson, they did a retake of it. And the story centers on 12-year-old Alan who becomes trapped in a board game. And while playing with his best friend Sarah, his best friend Sarah in 1969, 26 years later, siblings Judy and Peter Shepard find the game, begin playing, and then unwittingly release now adult Alan. After tracking down Sarah, the four of them resolve to finish the game in order to reverse all the chaos and destruction it has caused in her life. And I began to think about that. And I went, hmm, what is that? What is it? And I just think, you know what? This is a trap that the enemy uses through a spirit of offense where we get stuck. You know, the Greek word for offense means this. It's called scandalizo. So we get our word scandalize. It means to set a snare, to fall in a trap, it means to cause to stumble, to sin, to cause to become indignant. It means uh, to be in shock, to offend. And the enemy is working. If, if, if God's purposes for our life are discovered through the local church, where do you think he's going to attack most heatedly? pastor this this person didn't shake my hand this one was unloving and you know what i don't agree with the way this you know he just he he sows seeds constantly constantly to get us stuck in the land of jumanji <laughs> and we can't get out and and and, and you know it, it's it's kind of funny and comical but the truth of the matter is how many know in that land there's things trying to kill you there's things trying to take you out. Everywhere you turn, whether it's a huge mosquito or a spider, there's something there, a herd of whatever, buffalo. And there's things trying to take you out, and we get stuck with the spirit of offense. We get trapped. And so some of you, it's time to get out. 
it's time to get out. We don't know. Well, we've been in it for years. You didn't know about it. Life has changed. Life has moved on. But it's time to get out. And God wants to, to free us. And, and when we divorce ourselves from the word of God, and we divorce ourselves from the protective church, from his people that love us, life, hear me, goes from bad to worse. I know that is a fact. Hands down, life goes from bad to worse. I've seen families implode. And the worst of all is I've seen kids suffer. Kids suffer. Disconnected from God's protective covering. What happens is we begin to formulate crazy, unbiblical thoughts about people and God and his word and in the church. You know, the church, blankety blank, the church. And, and all, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? It's a spirit of offense. And you're stuck in this land of Jumanji and they can't get out. But here's the thing. In the land of Jumanji, there's a way of escape. And it usually takes a couple people to help you out. <laughs> Most of the time, I talked to one pastor one time. He said, Pastor, do you know a situation of anyone that got in with a spirit of offense that got out? And I thought about it and I said, no, at this point, I don't. I don't. Because when it, it, it's so bad and, 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 and the hostility and it's, it's so bad, they just, they can't, it overcomes them. It overcomes them. And, but you see, here's good news. The Bible said God has a way of escape. And so we want to get out. We want to get out. But Proverbs, watch this. Proverbs uh, 18, 19 says this. A brother or sister offended is harder to be won than a strong city. And their arguments, their contentions, and their quarrels are like bars of a castle. It's like impenetrable. We can't get past that. Here's the thing. Offenses start with legitimate mistreatment. We're hurt. We construct walls to safeguard our hearts, prevent any future wounds. We become selective and de denying entry to all who fear that they may hurt us. And so we have these walls up. These walls of protection actually become a prison in our life. A prison in our life. Here's good news as I conclude. There's a way of escape. The Bible says no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Every head bowed, please. No temptation. No temptation. There's a way of escape. Here's the thing. Offended people be able to find scripture, passages to back their position. But this, I don't believe, church, is the correct division of God's word creates an atmosphere where we stay in a deceptive mode. Why is that? Why? Because knowledge without the love of God will lead to deception. Knowledge without the love of God will lead to deception. Knowledge without the love of God in my heart will always lead to deception. Every head bowed. You hear this morning, I want to, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us any areas where maybe harboring a spirit of fence. And it may not even be against this church or whatever. You may have come from another church, another scenario, another situation. or I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a divorce. There's a tremendous vacuum and wound. God wants to heal you. He wants to heal you today. I believe that. I believe that. And we resist the temptation to be offended that keeps our heart open to God and to people, and God can move. God can move. Amen. You're here this morning as a pastor. I... I don't know the Lord. I, I, I've allowed a spirit of offense and I've been away and I'm backslid. I'm angry. I, I, I'm tipped over inside and I just need God to heal my heart. And I just, I need someone to help me out. God is here.
And there's some wonderful people here that are mature, that can help you. But you got to take the first step. I want to invite the altar workers to come forward at this time. And these are the people that are here. I'm not saying that there's any other out there. And, and maybe you know someone, you go, I, I've been meaning to talk to them. I've been meaning to... But these are safe people here. These are people here that can pray for you. And I believe that there's an anointing on their life here this morning to set you free from a spirit of offense, to set you free if you take that step. Now, I know that's a heavy statement right there, and it, it, it may carry a lot with it. But, but once again, maybe it's a loss. Maybe somebody took you for money and you the tremendous loss. Maybe it's a father relationship. Well, I, I, I don't know. But I do know this. Don't leave here without being free. Don't leave here stuck in Jumanji. Get out. And it usually takes someone to pray and to walk you through. Let's pray. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, pray for me. I've backslid him away from God. Say this with me together as we pray corporately. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Save me. I give you my life. Take away the offense. Heal my heart. In Jesus' name, I release them. I release the circumstance. I release it, oh God. And I choose to forgive. Help me, God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.